Hello and welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. And I'm Jim DeSanto. And today we're going to be looking at the 2015 Rocky-inspired spinoff, Creed. But before that, we always ask the most important pressing question of the episode. What are we drinking this episode? What so do you got, Jim? Tonight, for me, I am drinking uh, Town Branch Bourbon. Um it's uh, it's pretty good. It is not like a break your bank bourbon. It's probably under thirty bucks. I think uh, when I got it, it was twenty eight, um, and it's eighty proof, which is pretty low. Um, but it's really great to drink neat. Um, it tastes basically like alcoholic honey water. So you know, awesome. Is that stuff. like brand brand new? That's a pretty cool looking bottle. I didn't see that at the house when I was there. Um, last week. No, actually, I, maybe I, I had it. it yeah, because I had it downstairs. Because there's like still. <laughs> 20 bottles in the basement for my birthday. <laughs> Never going away. <laughs> yeah, so. That's awesome. Uh, in, in honor of the Philadelphia-inspired moments uh, and setting of Creed, I am, of course, drinking Philadelphia's best Philly-made beer, Yards, and I am drinking the Yards IPA. Um, yeah. Of course, I've always talked about that. Uh, my love for Yards and my brother, Kevin, who, of course, works for Yards and is at yards probably working as we're uh, recording this episode so maybe uh, you can be there uh drinking some yards listening to yeah, the holding holding uh, podcast uh so quick fact check from last week a couple of things uh, we were coming to you this is the first time uh less than a week ago uh we were together and the pale reason show was about to take place when we last left you and it was epic was amazing. It was, was fun. everything a pale reason fan um, wanted and more uh, oh, is what I can say. And there was some uh, there's some great video on social media. I was only able to take a couple of pictures. I, I didn't get into doing tons of video, but there is tons of video. And I, and I do believe hopefully we can get maybe some audio at some point because I believe Keenan from Pop Addle they 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 tied right into the soundboard. I think. Well, Keenan so, got um Keenan got a video. Uh, that apparently has pretty some pretty good audio. So all right. So uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully at some point we can get that. Uh, also, uh, just a a quick uh, uh, note here. Remember, Katie and I were supposed to take part in the uh, first inaugural race for sub, uh, superiority uh, yeah. between her and I. Uh, Katie has been sick for five to six weeks now with a ridiculous sinus infection. If you remember all the way back to the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stones episode, she was sick. Yeah. Uh, she was still sick. She is such a trooper. She actually volunteered to race me still ill. Uh, but I said, absolutely not. I didn't want any excuses. And also it should be added. It snowed. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Just it was crazy. To become, uh, so we will bump that. We'll, we will still do the race at some point. Um, but, there was no reason to make somebody who's literally been sick for almost two months now run a street race, though. I was kind of inspired for the street race watching uh, Michael B. Jordan in Creed do his yeah. Rocky style run through the street. Maybe we could get some of the local kids to ride their bikes as I run through the street, Jim. You know, do we have something like that? Yeah. Uh, put some kids in power wheels oh, we can and do have that. them we can do that. riding down the street. Bring your, get the, your uh, gray sweatsuit. Yeah, I'll bring I'll bring a, a sweatsuit. I have some old sweatsuits from the 90s. 
Awesome. So I could throw that on. Uh, Also, just a quick thank you for all the great questions uh, to uh, you guys sent us last week for our Ask the Com Majors episode. It was great. It was interactive. And we're going to attempt in the next couple weeks to include more of those types of things. Uh, But that is fact check from – oh, one other quick fact check. I I think we were talking about Bruce Willis last week when we did Die Hard and I said he was about five foot six. Bruce Willis is technically – I guess they're claiming six feet tall. So I just wanted I didn't want to I didn't want to take a shot like at Iverson. Bruce Willis. Uh, I didn't want to take a shot at Bruce Willis. Though to be fair, we, Jim and I maybe it was just our respect for Bruce Willis had shrank a little bit because right before that episode we had been watching clips of Hudson Hawk. Yeah, which <laughs> so is what maybe, you do. You typically so, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that was why we felt that way. Maybe he was six foot when he was doing Die Hard, and he was five <laughs> six when he was filming Hudson Hawk. Yeah. Uh, but now it's time for the rundown, Jim. What is Creed. Creed is a spinoff of Rocky. If you've never seen Rocky, do yourself a favor, go see it. Uh, I think lots of people, especially younger folks, will recognize the name Rocky and say like, oh, well, it's Sylvester Stallone and he is kind of what he is. But uh, Rocky's was a best picture and it, it, it deserved that. It's a awesome. great movie. Um, and he was excellent in that movie. Um, and so basically this, uh, this movie Creed is a spinoff of that storyline, which, uh, you know, uh, the original Rocky, he fights, uh, Apollo Creed, um, and they end up becoming friends, uh, in Rocky four, uh, Apollo Creed is, is killed, uh, by Ivan Drago, uh, who is a Russian, um, boxer, who's just a, an animal, uh, a, a monster and he, and, uh, yeah. And, and Dolph so Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren plays him. Uh, and then Rocky, obviously, in Rocky Four comes, you know, fights him and beats him in the end. And, you know, America, America. Um, however, uh, this movie uh, fast forwards to, uh, you know, current current time where um, you find out Apollo Creed had a, had, had a son, uh, had an affair with, uh, with, with a woman, um, and she was pregnant when he passed away. Um, Enter Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Johnson, who is uh, Apollo Creed's son. Um, and he is basically boxing on the side of I, what I can only assume that in job Mexi- in the beginning. In yeah. Mexico? <laughs> in Mexico. Um, and so basically the story follows his boxing, the beginning of his boxing career. Um, I kind of envision this is like you, you know, you have a job where you go to office sometimes and like, do you just, you know, wander off to Mexico to play guitar on the side or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you know, right, it's right, kind right. of exactly. Yeah, but it looks like he was he was at some like investment bank or something like he was. In well, investment yeah. Banker. And I think where it's alluded that it was supposed to be like it was very clearly a, a high paying job oh, yeah, and was supposed yeah. to get high, more high paying. And it was also, I should add, the first of one of two major cameos uh, uh, from uh, fellow Wire yep. members yeah, was I, Michael I G. Borden's boss. Yeah, and I don't remember his name in the Wire. He was one of the detectives, right? He's, you know, he's a real detective, actually. Oh, is he? Okay. He was a real Baltimore um, PD homicide detective. Yep. Um, yeah, but perfect. So, you know, what's interesting is when this fur, uh, film, I should say, initially came out, I had little to no interest in seeing it mm-hmm. because of what we said about it. It was kind of a rocky spinoff. And this was coming in the time period where um, the aliens kind of 
spin-offy connections uh, were coming in. Jurassic World had just been released. You know, yeah. it was that stretch in the, you know, 2015-14-13 where they were recycling films and I said, "Oh Jesus, what is like Rocky Balboa I thought was a pretty good movie." Mm-hmm. And even Stallone thought it was a good movie and I thought, "Okay, well Rocky Balboa is kind of done." And then here comes this like what I assumed was solely a money making venture Mm -hmm. from the studio, you know, had nothing to do with being creative. It's like, okay, Balboa is kind of done. We can throw Sylvester Stallone in three or four scenes and we'll try another franchise. Uh, What was your initial take? Do you remember when it came out? What your thoughts? Yeah, I was was kind of the same, same, but I have always loved uh, Michael B. Jordan since uh, The Wire. Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And I had seen – um, Fruitvale Station. Uh, love that movie. I had seen um, Chronicle, which I actually think is a pretty underrated little superhero. Yeah, not type a bad movie. movie at all. Yeah. Um, and he he plays a big part in that movie. Um, and, and you know Friday Night Lights, he was great in that. Uh, and I honestly didn't know that you know fruitvale station was uh, a ryan cooler movie who directed and wrote both that movie and creed um but yeah I, I was a little not super interested in seeing it uh but it was definitely like a on you know since having kids it was not like i'm gonna make an effort to get to the theater to see this yeah and i and, and it wasn't until i actually started at first of all everybody started to like it so then i heard good buzz and i said okay maybe this is a good movie yeah but then i started to dig into the inspiration of the film and i realized that this actually was not an attempt by the theater to uh excuse me by the studio to market this yeah. ryan coogler wrote this yeah um and actually had to pitch this which i think was crazy it turns out that his dad had been diagnosed with a neuromuscular condition Mm. and they thought it was going to be als or something like that and he had this idea of his father's hero was rocky and he was going to write a rocky movie and um I hadn't seen Fruitville Station prior to Cree being made. And obviously, I, I love Black Panther, which he goes on to write and direct as well. Right. Uh, so I didn't know that. But he that's how he wrote this film. And he actually had to go to Stallone and pitch it. And he actually at one point said, this is Rocky fanfic. He, he wrote it like fan fiction. He's like, yeah, I wrote Rocky fan fiction. And I went to Sylvester Stallone. He's like – you know, I, he's like, I stopped and I got some uh, Rocky memorabilia to sign for my dad. And I, I had to go to Sylvester Stallone and sell this to him. <laughs> and like knowing that makes me like that made me that much more intrigued for this movie. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I realized it wasn't necessarily just a get rich okay. quick type thing. Right. So now that we've actually watched it, my first reaction to this movie is um, I haven't been this excited about a sports movie or – even I, I mean, I ju- literally just finished it. Um, I <laughs> right before starting this podcast, and I'm still like amped up about this movie. It was, I thought it was fantastic. The whole thing. Yeah, and I we haven't really done a sports movie yet. I guess you could argue maybe Field the Dream. Some people call a sports movie, but I don't think it's it really not. is. This is the first sports movie, and. This had all the things that really good sports movies have to have. Yeah. Uh, namely, I, by the way, I completely agree with you. 
it had those montages, the sports <laughs> montages, yeah. which were awesome. Yeah. Like you, you get into this movie and, and, and it is, if you think of really good sports movies, all of them have really good sports montages of the sport that they're in. And the, this is like right up there with the really good Rockies. There's some really yeah. bad Rocky movies, uh, and there's some good ones. And this one ranks up there, I think. With this is the second Rocky. best. You think I this mean, is I right think, after the original Rocky? Absolutely. Yeah, I think people, uh, and we'll get to one of our questions uh, later. Overrated movies, and people love Rocky Four. I think it's pretty overrated as as a movie. I, yeah, I don't think it's a great – I think people are attached to that emotionally for other yeah. reasons. I don't think yeah. it's great filmmaking. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I thought it was really good. And there was a couple of things that I, I think made it good. And I think A, number one is probably Michael B. Jordan um, amongst awesome. them. And it leads to one of our first questions we got from this week, uh, which came from Katie DeSanto. Oh. Faithful – not only fan but – um, guest host on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and her question was this, has Michael B. Jordan ever had a bad performance? I have never seen him have a bad performance. However, the caveat to that is I have not seen, uh, the fantastic four movie that he yeah. was in. I don't think we should count that movie. <laughs> I think that we should just like consider that movie removed from reality like 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 rocky like, five yes like we'll talk about with rocky i think we should just consider and i don't i i should say this and i was going to bring this up this way i think michael b jordan is my favorite actor currently mm. other than tom cruise we talked about our man crushes but i really think he's that good yeah and i won't and i don't think fantastic i don't maybe he was okay in fantastic yeah he could have been the best part of that movie i'm never gonna watch it yeah. it's gonna be like one of those films you don't ever have to watch wire amazing fruitville yeah. station amazing i mean you said chronicle you just yeah. rattle them off he is uh black, black panther. panther he might be the best part of black panther well he's the he best he is by far the best um to, to me, the best Marvel villain there is. Yeah. I mean, he is so, so good um, in these movies. Yeah. So much to the point that I am starting. You know how Ryan Coogler did fan fiction for Creed? I My fan fiction is for Mission Impossible. I want Ryan Coogler to direct a Mission Impossible movie where Michael B. Jordan is Tom Cruise's protege. I, I, I would love to see that. I think that he's, movie – they. The one, the one, there's two continents in, this is my Mission Impossible trivia of the week. There's two continents Mission Impossible has never gone to. One is Africa, one is South America. After Ryan Coogler did Black Panther, why not do a film centered around Africa with Tom Cruise and Michael B. Jordan? I don't know. It would would be be unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's fantastic. But this ties into the idea that there are, I, I think there are three standout performances in this film. Yep. One is Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Two, we'll get to Stallone later because I think he, you know, is the Rocky namesake. He but Tessa Thompson, great. She's yeah, she awesome great. in this. And this is this is what I will say about and and her character kind of is is uh, one of the reasons I think this is that uh, Ryan Coogler did an amazing job of 
giving all of these characters, even if they have short amount of screen time, amazing depth and, and really um, writing them as individuals and all giving them sort of a challenge that they need to overcome. Um, and it's just, it's, it's really amazing. I, I, uh, this film could have been super cheesy. Like when you, when you hear about it, you're like, this has the elements of just being garbage. Um, but it's not, it is amazing. You know, Tessa Thompson as his, uh, neighbor downstairs who becomes his girlfriend, um, is a musician playing at Johnny Brenda's by the way, which is just freaking awesome. It's a, you know, a place I've been to many times. Um, so to see them on that stage was actually really cool. Um, and, and just, uh, knowing that she is, she knows she's going to eventually be deaf. Like talk about just like adding a little tweak to a character that, um, that just adds a tremendous amount of depth and, and kind of, um, gravitas to the, to like what she, what she brings to the table. Well, and I also think it was interesting that he a does that, but also it adds the the relationship is like both of them are potentially tragic figures right. because boxing careers never end well. No. Do you know what I mean? Like we know that and the father looming there, but just look at Rocky physically. Look at all these people who've been involved in this industry. Right. And it's basically like two people who are like obsessed and motivated to be in these careers, which ultimately will not end well for them. That right. can't end well. There's no, and you're right. That's like this nothing thing. And it could have been, it could have been unbelievably cheesy, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she's, she's, she's another one. I, I made a note that as I started to think about it, you know, when I look at actresses I want to see in things, she's one. She's yeah. probably the actress I want to see in things. Uh, she's right now. great in rest in Westworld. Have you have you seen? Oh, her? I mean, she's amazing. All yeah. I've seen all Westworld. Thor Ragnarok, which yeah. is yes. the best Thor movie. I forgot. Easily. Yeah, she's uh, uh, of course she got her start that I first Veronica ever saw Mars. Her in Veronica Mars. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's another one. Do you know what I can say too? Is that, and this is one of those things that I think is hard for mainstream. You could put her or Michael B. Jordan in any film. And, yeah. you know, one of the things I think is hardest for African-American actors or actresses or has been is that this idea that they can cross into any film like Denzel Washington has been able to do it. I think really effectively. You don't matter. Will Smith was able to do it. Certainly beginning his career. It's like they carry the film. Nobody cares. It's just mm. Michael B. Jordan. He's amazing. Like we talked about it before on the show, he's going to play John Clark in um, Without Remorse. And I said at the time, I'm like, I don't care that Michael B. Jordan's a late 20-year-old African-American and John Clark is like a 50-year-old. Like, he's Michael B. Jordan. He's amazing. Yeah, He's yeah. going to be amazing. And she is too. Like she's just so good in this film. Yeah. Um, and then the last, of course, which is probably – you know, many people would have thought is the first name we should have been talking of was Sylvester Stallone as Rocky. Yeah. And I talked to Katie about this um, because I think a lot of people give him crap for not being a very good actor um, and say that when he is playing Rocky, he's basically playing himself. I don't think that's true at all. I think he oh. and he knocks this character out of the park in this movie. And he was nominated, right? But for for best yeah, well, and actor. he won the Golden Globe, and he was supposed to win. He was like the odds. I think the odds were like 
it was 90% of all the votes, like bets, where he was going to win. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember. We'll, oh, we'll the do Bridges, Bridges Spies guy won, which yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah, which um, is a good movie, yeah. by the way. But let me tell you, having seen both now, Stallone should have won. Yeah, and, and, and he plays this character with like this simple, you know – He's a simple man, right? Like he he is not a smart, uh, really uh, well educated man, um, but he's he he plays it with like a wisdom and a sincere kindness that is just like it is so uh, nostalgic without being cheesy. Like he falls right back into that character super easily, and it it just it. It just worked for me. Like, I loved, like, I can't say enough good things about this movie. This might be my, like, favorite movie we've done so far. Like, really? as far as, like, it's, well, I guess it's because I'm so close to seeing it. Like, but I don't think, I mean, I remember having this kind of reaction when I left the Big Lebowski in the theater. Um, and I'm trying to remember the other movies we've done. But I, 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 maybe that's that's a long stretch to say it's but my favorite. But that's all right. But, I mean, they, but, they connected to it. Yeah, man. This this movie was great, and specifically Stallone. I think he was he was fantastic. They did a great job of with the city of Philadelphia too, and I think he sort of plays a part in that, right? Like he he's ingrained into the culture of Philadelphia in a way that's just like it's uh yeah they're inseparable really. <laughs> I think it's his – I think it I, – I, and I was even thinking back to the original Rocky and I think it might even be better than his – now, he ca- had to carry that whole film. Right. So maybe it's not fair. And directed. I, and- <laughs> but, but that's what – but you're spot on. People think it's him. This guy is a legit producer, mm-hmm. writer, direct – you don't do that as like this ho-hum dumb guy. Like no. he is a very educated guy and people don't get that, how he – nuance that character is and he deserves a lot of credit because ryan coogler even after fruitville station people loved it as an independent film Mm -hmm. you know and everybody loves him now because black panther was this like you know cultural phenomena sylvester salone could have said dude get lost i've written every he wrote every rocky movie Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have a story credit on this. Yeah. You know, he had said, and I thought this was really interesting. He was really happy where Rocky Balboa ended. You know, he thought that, and yeah, I thought yeah. they did a pretty good job with that. So for him to say, I wrote a send off to the character that obviously made me who I am, but I'm going to let this young, I think Kugler was 27 at the time, Jesus. year old guy who hasn't even re- released his first film yet. Right. Fruitville Station hadn't even premiered yet. Come to me and say, I'm going to hand this character that, by the way, makes me still God knows how much money. I, as I can tell you, because I see it on my Facebook feed when I was I posted pictures of Creed, uh, you know, that we were doing Creed. Next thing I know, I have advertisements for Rocky underwear right. on my uh, my timeline, right. uh, you know, to do that was pretty impressive. And then to make. Allow him to make Rocky so vulnerable through the cancer diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or through one other thing. The idea that they take this tie into the old Rocky, there was always the third fight between Creed and Stallone. And it was like the end of the movie. Was that three? Is it Rocky three where they take the swing at each other and you never know uh, uh, I guess who wins right. the right, fight? Right. And he says, oh, your dad won. Yeah, he says that's he pretty humble. He's pretty humbling to like say that because there's a lot of people in Hollywood who have probably been like, "F you, dude. This is my character. I'm not going to make him look weak." 
and he kind of, he was very open to allowing him to be yeah and, and, I it, thought it, that was and really cool. it really made the movie like and and writing that story being able to connect all those lines between all these characters that are dealing with their own personal shit and trying to like intersect that in a way that they're all kind of end up fighting for the same thing i thought it was amazing um the whole thing of the cancer diagnosis specifically, that was like heartbreaking, man. Him talking about Adrian and how it didn't work out. And, you know, he doesn't want to go through chemo because he watched her die basically. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, Felicia Rashad has, uh, Apollo's wife, you know, yeah. talking about, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna be a boxer. Like I had to help him up these stairs. I had to wipe his ass because he couldn't even use his hands. Like this is, this is the type of life you want. Like, there's there's a lot in this movie that that um it you know was really well written like when when I and directed we could talk about that too I'm sure you you I I was really impressed with how they filmed this movie I I will I think he's become like one of those three or four guys now that when Ryan Coogler puts something out I'm just gonna go see it yeah. Yeah, almost regardless of what the sub, I don't even care what the subject matter is. He's he's become like that. I think. Well, the fact that he has written and directed, um, three movies of such high regard with Fruitvale Station, this and Black Panther, I am just kind of shocked at how good they are. And and he's similar, I think, to Nolan's. And probably if you look at like Nolan and Spielberg in terms of being so young, doing mm-hmm. such different types of films, like if you look at what their early films were, yeah. taking on small independent things, then, you know, kind of franchise ideas, then even creating universes and they just they hit home runs. Yeah, yeah. he's he's amazing. But what was almost heartbreaking as you know i thought stallone's performance was amazing and i was like well this is really good what it was about and then you start digging down and a lot of this film in terms of his performance he drew from his son had died right before they filmed this and his son was like around our age yeah and and it ties into i thought the monologue when michael b jordan is training and finds out that he has cancer and he goes my life's in the past, all this stuff. And he was talking about an interview leading up to this about his son's death. And he said, I just felt responsible uh, that you weren't there when he died. Here you save all these fictitious people and you can't save your son. And he like tapped into that idea. But it's probably like Rocky as well. And it makes sense that, you know, here's Rocky getting his brains beat in all the time. Right. And Adrian's dead and Paulie's dead. dead. Mick's dead. And and his son from Rocky Balboa, who he rebuilt this relationship with, is just – I guess it wasn't of interest to the film, but he's kind of written out and he's gone. Well, he basically just says – and it's not in like a bad way. He basically No, says I thought like, it was done pretty well him actually. And his, yeah, because that's a story. That's a story that everyone hears. It's like you know, he he married a girl and he, he lives in Vancouver and he they see each other every once in a while and chat every once in a while. But – you know, distance like that, you're not, you're never going to be intertwined in each other's life like you were. 
You well, know? and this in and, and this kind of ties into one of the other questions uh, that we got sent in uh, for my brother Sean, mm-hmm. who I don't know anybody who loves Rocky as much as him. I still remember one Christmas we got him the VHS Rocky Rocky box set oh, when so it came happy. out. He he loves him some Rocky. Um, and I think this ties in. Rocky says, well, my son left because he couldn't be Rocky's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tessa Thompson's like, oh, you're <laughs> – like Tessa Thompson's, who's like a musician who wouldn't know probably anything about sports or have any kids. It's like your uncle's Rocky Balboa. Like everybody – how is Rocky poor? Yeah. How is – like how is he still poor? Well, as my I, brother that, as my brother Kevin said, if Rocky Balboa was a real person, Yards Brewing would have about eight Rocky beers well, to sell. Out. Hold on, because I think you're making a stretch there to say that he's poor. I didn't get the I didn't get the impression he was poor. Okay, but he was not living like he was living in Rocky Three and Rocky Five. Yeah, he's not in a mansion with his son, giving yeah. his son a robot or whatever the hell that thing was. Oh, that thing was was that like the robot they use in um, yeah. what is that uh, that <laughs> Netflix show that uh, used to be a Lost in Space? Yeah. It's like the Lost in Space robot. But, is, so. but um, yeah, like I I I didn't get the feeling that he was poor. I got the feeling that he was running, that he owned a restaurant, that he was running, and he was just living kind of a simple life out of the spotlight, not in a mansion or whatever, you know, I, I don't know why he, he would have left the mansion, but I get the feeling once everyone is out of his life, he feels more comfortable there. I don't know. Well, and that I think ties into another question, which I think we can, that Kugler does a good job, which we might be able to explain it exactly like you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Gilgan wrote in, he goes, explain, uh, do all your research and explain Rocky Cannon, what's in and what's out. Because I, I, I think what this film does and Sean actually said this to me because he, again, it loves Rocky and watches all the marathons on TV. I think Rocky Five's out. Yeah. And Rocky Five with Tommy Gunn, which was Tommy Morrison, who was like a big, tall Oklahoman mullet wearing boxer um, who then contracted HIV, I yeah, think, yeah, in he real did. life. He did. Um, yeah. Well, for those who have never seen Rocky Five, Rocky Five is. Uh, was supposed to be the end cap. You know, Rocky Four is the one Jim talked about where he fights Ivan Drago. He comes back and his accountant, while he was in Russia, um, had stolen all his money. So they get moved into, I think, the house that's actually still being used in this film. Yeah, yeah. But he also has, like, degenerative, I think, brain disease. Like, he's starting to lose his mind, kind of. Like, they've eliminated all that stuff. I think kept the poverty angle. Um, and some of this fleshes out a little bit in Rocky Balboa where they they clean some of that out. And I think you're right. And I think it also ties into what Kugler was trying to do about Rocky just kind of saying, you know, I, I'm not going to live in a mansion. You know, I've lost everything. This is where I'm comfortable mm-hmm. and I'm going to be here. And it and it it was an interesting character piece, I think. Obviously, yeah. Rocky, if he wanted to and and both of us know this from living in Philadelphia, uh, a guy like that in Philadelphia would be filthy rich just from. Well, he wouldn't buy a, he wouldn't buy a drink or like a meal ever, ever. He would never have to do it. And even they kind of play on that when Michael B. Jordan at one point gets into a fight. And he's in jail and Rocky's allowed into the jail. And he goes, hey, oh, I know champ. all the cops. Yeah, I, hey, yeah, I know everybody and all that type I of stuff. Love, uh, I love – there is one part of this I, I do want to talk about. Um, even an, another set of ca- minor characters that there's a little, there's so much depth to just their story, which is the trainer and his son at Mick's gym. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah. 
and clearly this guy has really wanted his son to be a successful boxer. His son's a mediocre boxer. Um, you know, he's running mixed gym. He, he's kind of living off the, you know, the name that Rocky had trained here and all that stuff. Um, he knows Rocky and he knows, uh, he's been trying, clearly trying for years to get Rocky to help to his train son, his kid, yeah. to train his kid. And, you know, is kind of put off that Rocky shows up with this, this out of the blue with this kid that no one really knows at the time is Apollo Creed's son. Um, and, and just that angle, like I, you know, Cougar did a really good job because he could have made these guys seem like such assholes, right? But I couldn't help but feel like uh, something for them. I was like, oh, that's a that's like a true emotion. Like this guy clearly wants the best for his kid. He has been trying to convince Rock to come back and train his son for however many years. He's running the gym that Rocky trained out of. He's keeping that spirit alive. He's trying to, you know keep Mick, Mick, uh, what was it? The mighty mix gym up yeah. and running and, and keeping it nice. And, and, you know, he thought all those things would eventually lead to Rocky training his son yeah. and, which and success don't. and success for his son, which, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a tough situation to see well, him come yeah. in with a complete stranger, walk into the gym and start training him. And I would argue that this film doesn't really have a villain in it. Mm -mm. Which is interesting because even the guy, the Conlon, the boxer, yeah. Creed fights, you don't necessarily hate him. No. Yeah. And I almost wanted to go back and watch Rocky again and be like, do I really hate Apollo Creed? And that's what like one of the things like I, I think maybe you dislike Apollo Creed more than you dislike any of the characters, like the Conlon character. Right. But what I thought was really interesting was that like Kugler said, he's like Apollo Creed. When I watched the original Rocky with my dad, either could have won and I would have been happy. And I thought that was like an interesting dynamic that made sense for both he and Michael B. Jordan. They were saying from like an African-American point of view, you have this character who is strong, who is vibrant, who is clearly based off Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no reason really to dislike um, Apollo Creed. No, and you no, begin no. To and you begin to like Apollo Creed more and more as the series goes on, obviously, right, which right. is proof why, you know, his death in Rocky Four is such a big deal. But you don't really dislike any characters, but that's okay. And you still, it, the way he writes it in these secondary characters, you still, when you get to that last match, mm -hmm. oh my God, I got a little uh, emotional. I'm not afraid to admit Dude. I got a little emotional in that that scene i thought How? it was the end it was so well done it was amazing the climbing the yeah so before we get to the end let, the music first off again kugler walking that line of like what is appropriate and what is cheesy and what is nostalgia and what is um you know just bad um homage right like they use a lot of the music from the original um, but they mix it with some really great new stuff. They have the roots in here. Um, I didn't look up all all the artists. That no, they have, but, but it is. It's a that really first, good mix. The, the so. fire by the uh, by the roots is just an amazing song. Uh, a Philly band too. So like kind of kind of staying on brand there. And um, but just hearing some of those uh, 
some of those uh some of that score from the original especially when he's running and the dirt the guys on the dirt bikes and atvs are perfect and, and i'm like oh my god and and coming out in the ring at the end and and hearing hearing that that uh for that final round the 12th round like that no that yeah. was her i feel like because <sighs> that was just that was her and with the the montage that they do with the running when the bikes start doing but they oh, start yeah. that montage with the music with uh him shadow boxing as Rocky gets chemo. Yeah. Like the mont again, what makes a great sports movie? The montage sequences like, and this, it, like he hit on that. And you're right. When he comes out in that final freaking round to fight that guy yeah. after he's fought all that stuff. And it's like the, just the Rocky music that is better than, uh, you know, Certainly, I, I loved in the in the updates to Jurassic Park. They used the the theme itself pretty well, mm-hmm. not as well as this. That was well, that's spot, not even like, fair was, though. I mean, like that was yeah. spot on. That I mean, was like unbelievable. As much as we talk about John Williams, uh, I think there are two, probably two John Williams songs that are as recognizable as the rocky theme right like oh absolutely yeah no that yeah and and you have the imperial march when when vader comes in right like that is that's well yeah that's as emotional and as you know as terrifying as like as much as the rocky theme gets you pumped up that is as scary right like and then you have the indiana jones i think which Um, might be number one yeah yeah like that that just and that is like pure sounds like pure adventure and you know but the rocky i think oh. it just it makes you want to win fight. win Run. fight Do whatever anything. yeah yeah awesome but they yeah. dropped that in perfectly yeah. uh before we get to the end one other thing is that uh just like that thing one of the things that solidified me to love Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. that freaking boxing sequence where he beats the son of the gym owner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two minutes, like two plus minutes straight, all one shot. And there's no trick cuts there, by the way, people. Yeah. They did that whole two round boxing fight in one shot, wow. which is absolutely it, 12 takes, by the way. They did 12 straight takes of two rounds of boxing the one they used was the 10th take wow and that was out of this world cinematography and you know what ryan coogler who is the again i think he's the man he hired which almost no director will ever do because it's a very chauvinist industry still a female director of photography and for a boxing film and she was um, – she even said like I, I thought I had no chance. They said, hey, Ryan Coogler wants you for a Rocky movie and she laughed because she's like, who's going to hire? She was a French woman who who usually does indie films and that's his brilliance. Like yeah. these long takes. He's so good at these long takes. But Fruitville Station, which you saw as well, is all like handheld. Yeah, yeah. This is all – this is more traditional filmmaking but – Un, like if you want to watch if you're a film person just in, and you say well i'm not going to watch a rocky movie fine find this two minute clip online because yeah. it's unbelievable what they did here yeah and 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 to be honest i was a little um when we got when, when we get to the second fight the fight at the end i was a little disappointed that they keep to go they kept going to the wide shot to show how epic the arena was and how um 
you know, they kept showing the HBO like it was, you know, it looked, you know, and I know why they did it. But that first fight, there was something so uh, visceral about the camera almost being like a third boxer in the ring. Um, and they, they did do that to some extent in the, in the last fight. But every once in a while, they kept jumping you back out. Yeah, of it. I, I was almost wondering, is that like so much to the feeling like that's what the old Rocky boxing matches yeah. were? Well, and like he wanted to, you know, do respect to that. And I think he also wanted to show scale that that was a much bigger fight than the first one. Yeah. You know, and, and, and show um, that the world was watching. Now, it wasn't such an intimate like, you know, only the people in the room care about this fight. They needed to show that the the world was watching that final fight. Yeah. The final fight that was not in Goodison Park, which pretty much nobody knows what Goodison Park yeah. is because it's the home of Everton Football Club, which is my brother Kevin's favorite team, uh, which nobody knows. Uh, I should add. Is it, uh, is it because they're bad? Because I don't, I don't know. Uh, well, if... they haven't won in a long time. Uh, the so Costello they're basically brother, the Mets in, of... the Costa, in the Costello Brother hierarchy of soccer clubs, there yeah. is Manchester United, which I support, which is you know above where you can see my hand. Uh, Liverpool, which Sean supports which has won a lot and then there's Everton which Kevin supports but, uh, but is it Manchester like the Yankees of no it, that's a, not really not uh, anymore but I should, I, hear, that, basically I should add that Liverpool is better now uh, than Manchester United right now unfortunately mm. but um, and then there's Everton and I will say I felt good for Kevin because Everton supporters usually win nothing. But at the end, the Everton supported boxer wins the match, which I should add. I was watching and I was uh, the final fight. Two things I surprised me. One, what did you think when he got up with that knockdown where he like jumped up when he saw his dad? I was like, that's a little maybe pushing it. Too much. He's like literally hit by a damn lightning bolt or yeah. something. Yeah. No, I um, I, I don't know. I. I I didn't care because I liked the movie, right. but I was like, right. so I wrote it. It was cheesy. And the second thing is they didn't, I did not care that he didn't win at the end. Mm -hmm. I actually thought they did it in a really creative way. They did. Which I he thought gets was his real. knockdown and he gets it. And it's like, he is the winner almost. And they even say that in the monologue, you know, the dialogue from the announcers and right. everything. Um, right. Yeah. I, I, I gotta say one last thing that I loved Wood Harris Avon oh, Baxter. yeah, yeah. Avon Baxter. Golden, Golden Glove champion of Baltimore. Oh, if you remember, okay. they were always in the boxing ring, right? In, yeah. uh, in, in the wire oh, season one. We have to, um, as the show goes on and we get some time, uh, we need to do like seasons of the wire, like right, do right. season one, all those. Um, but I, you know, this, I, I, I really have to recommend this movie. I, I, I thought it was great. And I'm slightly I, – I love the trailer for the second one. Mm -hmm. But now having seen it, I'm like, do they really need to go the Ivan Drago route? I, 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 I want to see it. I'm interested to see what it is. But right, I right. hope yeah. – no Ryan Coogler. He, he was unavailable to direct the next one. But I have a lot of faith in Tessa Thompson. Did Stallone, he write it? Was, uh, I think he worked on the story. I don't know okay. if he wrote the script. But I still have a lot of faith because he produced it and I just, everybody else. It, it, there's something about bringing the Drago storyline is 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 that's where to me it feels like an extra scoop of nostalgia and connection to the original that starts to then it's like I know, know. I, I'm worried, but I I think they dealt well with all the nostalgia stuff in this one. So totally agree. By the way, the turtles, Lincoln Cuff. Uh, in the tank. And apparently those okay. are still the original turtles. 
Okay. Can I can I ask? I had one question here. Yeah. Is it socially appropriate to have sex on your mentor's couch while they're asleep upstairs? Questionable. Sure. Questionable behavior. Yeah, yeah. Would you agree on that? Is questionable. Behavior. I guess it depends. If it's rocky, I think it's fine. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's go spanning the globe pop culture. Uh, first, our instant reaction. Instead of watching a trailer this week, uh, we are filming this on Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, Cyber Monday is coming up. We are a Com Majors pom- uh, podcast. I thought maybe we could give some uh, Black Friday slash Cyber Monday recommendations uh, for people to purchase some stuff. So what do you have in mind? So um, I actually uh – there's a few things. Um, if you are a gamer, go check out uh, and you have a PC, uh, go check out Blizzard. And uh, I think they're still giving away Destiny, the base game, for absolutely free uh, for the next couple days. And then um, you can buy the expansions for like 60 bucks. You're going to get like probably five to six hundred hours worth of content if you want it, uh, which is just ridiculous. Um, and, uh, another kind of off topic for me is, uh, I bought a pair of boots yesterday. Uh, boots? Yeah. For, well, like snow boots? Like, no, what, like, what you, like, uh... like just nice boots that could be kind of dressed up, dressed down, you know? Um, so, uh, Taft, uh, Taft.com. Oh. They're a company that does some, some really good stuff and they're all their, all their clothing, boots, everything is like 30% off. So, um, check them out um yeah uh, i actually didn't do a ton of uh, black friday shopping or cyber monday although cyber monday hasn't happened yet so right, you're okay right, on right. that cards against humanity yes so, which you yeah we've talked about that before on the show did you see what they were doing today no what are they so doing every 10 minutes they were running a 90 percent off special what and they were procu- they were and not even just their their products so you would go on and it's like in 10 minutes, you can get an 85 inch TV, 4K HD Samsung what? TV for $30. Did you get one of those? No. I think they only had one of each item. And well, they it, probably did. You should right. have been on so that. Like the, should have been right. on that. But we then could have had us so in the background of you for the entire It show. was so random. It was like uh, uh, one was like, you know, you have this TV. Then it was like 600 live ants in, in test 600 tubes. 600 live ants. <laughs> that would be disastrous. Uh, that's, <clears throat> that is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. We should get some um, Cards Against Humanity with Com Majors oh, as yeah. the uh, – an expansion pack. That would be good. We could do a, yeah, could yeah. Do a whole episode. We could do a crossover, Kids. you know, experience. Yeah, um, that would be awesome. Uh, okay, for me, uh, two things. Uh, if you are a uh, film buff, uh, first, take advantage this Cyber Monday if you have not already, and you're upgrading to the 4K uh, HDR universe uh you can go the route obviously jim is very much a a digital media guy i think and doesn't really have the discs and stuff like that and there's tons of places you can do that uh but if you're somebody who wants to have a player um check out 4k hdr blu-ray players Mm -hmm. uh the prices are dropping significantly in fact even just today uh if you look on amazon Good ones are going for about $118. Uh, 
uh, which is pretty much nothing. And that's not even the Black Friday deal. Um, my only hesitance, obviously, with uh, streaming media is the constantly changing landscape of where you're going to house your streaming media. I, I think mm-hmm. if you're on Amazon, you're probably fine because that's not going anywhere. Um, there's certain films that I want to have hard copy access to at all times. Um, and uh, the, the prices, again, are plummeting. A couple of years ago, you would have paid a, a fortune for one of these players and also now the discs are becoming much cheaper uh today i was we ventured out aileen and i ventured out to a couple different locales and they're selling the discs much cheaper uh than they were so i recommend that and the second one is a mission impossible fan i have to recommend is the entire mission impossible series is coming out on 4k hdr blu-ray uh discs and that is you can get the h uh the 4k disc the Blu-ray disc and the digital download, all, all six films, uh, available December 14th and the Black Friday pre-order is available, uh, Mission Impossible, now for under $100. So you get Mm -hmm. all six movies in uh, discs with digital downloads and Blu-ray discs. So you get all of them. So if you know some people, I highly recommend uh, all that. It's a fantastic – and that's not even with the Black Friday deal – excuse me, the Cyber Monday deal. My guess is that will probably even go below that. It was $92 today when I checked. So uh, check those deals out. All right. So those are Black Friday deals. All right. Um... Question of the week. A new – um, segment here is we liked our ask the com majors question of the week so much that we decided we were going to ask a uh, listener or somebody we knew every week to give us a question to talk about during this section and you know maybe some episodes will do more of that but at least one question each week mm-hmm. and uh you are we ready to go with our first question here jim yeah wait who's doing the question you uh no the first question of the week is coming from Aileen Costello. Oh, that question. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Ready? All right. All right. Here we go. Hi, Jim and Brian. My question is, what do you think is the most overrated movie of all time? Ooh, what is the most overrated movie of all time? Of course, genius question. Because this is a tough one. This is a I, – I, and I said when she came up – when she told me this one, uh, this is a whole episode. But I think we – like we could go into just what jumps out of our mind here. Overrated films, which is really interesting because I think films are so subjective. But yeah, do you want 100%. me to go first or do you want to go first? Uh, you go first because I'm going to need to think about this. You probably knew this was coming. I was a little behind yeah. the okay. ball on this one. Uh, I have two that might anger people. Maybe okay. one not so much, and then that one I, I really dislike that a lot of people like. First, I think Titanic is wildly overrated. Um, I saw it one time in the theater, and I can appreciate what um, James Cameron, who I love, who does amazing stuff, mm-hmm. does. I I thought the performances were okay, everything. I thought it was a movie that we were just supposed to expect to love and call classic. Yeah. Like there was just this expectation that, oh, my God, it's Titanic. You have to love this film. Uh-huh. And I, I just think it's like I don't think it's a bad film. I think I first of all, I, I like Leonardo DiCaprio. I just think he's a great performer. And Kate, I, I, there's nothing wrong with the movie. I'm not saying it's bad in any way stretch. I just I don't think it's what people think it is. 
yeah, that that's probably I have not seen it since the theater as well. It, it didn't it didn't blow me away. However, um, I've been listening to Unspooled with Paul Shear from Great. How did yep. this get made? Yeah. Have you listened to that at all? A little bit. Some of them. You not. Should, I I, I got to catch up on. I would some of them. love to hear you listen. So I, I think for one of our homeworks, and maybe we could do this in the spring or something. We're gonna listen to their podcast on Titanic because it's one of the is ranked as one of the hundred greatest movies yeah. of all time. And I think we should rewatch Titanic and just right, see I will. I, and, how and I we could. feel about it now. Maybe I, I will like it better than I did at the time. I think part of my issue with it was this is a year where Goodwill Hunting came out, oh. which I thought was amazing. And we talked about this last week on Ask the Commagers. I really wanted L.A. Confidential to win the Oscar because mm-hmm. I loved That's that a great movie. For and all three of them. I mean. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I just – in my mind – I have it as overrated, but you're right. I need to revisit. The second one is the really controversial one. Okay. To the point where Aileen was mad at me when I said this. Okay. Forrest Gump. Oh, interesting. I don't like Forrest Gump. Okay. And I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, I don't like it. And maybe it's because I'm a history teacher and one of the most overused tropes in in teaching American history is let's so throw uh, Forrest Gump here in the old DVD player and uh, have the kids watch it. It's like that. Let's play Billy Joel's We Haven't Started the Fire. You know, we didn't start the fire. And then we'll throw in Forrest Gump and we don't have to teach uh, in June. Uh, I I just not a Forrest Gump guy. Yeah, and that's my I other understand one. That. I, and, and I do kids, like the Forrest kids Gump, I but I'm teach not... love Forrest Gump. I just not. And there's probably way other ones, but those are the two. When people ask me all the time, you don't like Forrest. I, I just I'm not saying again. I don't think Forrest Gump or Titanic are bad. I think they're both good films. Mm-hmm. We could watch both of these films. I don't think in my mind they're iconic films that yeah. should be discussed. that's well, that's my point with it right right and and we've already talked about my dislike of jurassic park yes. which in my circle of folks is you know of people is held in pretty high regard i A like lot, i like jurassic uh, park yeah, yeah. but i i will i you see but i'm coming around to the idea that it could be like the forest gump for you you know, right, which right. is like I like it and enjoy it, but I could see why you wouldn't like it. Right. Yeah. Um, and as far as others that are, uh, uh, you know, overrated, oh, man, this is so tough. I uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about another one and, and, and get well, back. We might yeah. do we maybe could do a whole episode on that question. Yeah, that's a, uh, but that's I a, but I but I do. I, I mean, Jurassic Park is a huge moneymaker and we know that you've talked about that. Yeah. There were some other ones. I, I think there's just some Oscar winners at times that I think. And we're going to do an Oscar month where we look at best pictures. Mm-hmm. And I've been researching them just to figure out what the, you know, what are some options for us. There are a lot of best picture winners that sometimes you look at and you're like, wow, I can't believe that that won. Right, like there's right. other pictures that have aged better. Yeah, Can I yeah. tell you the one that was on a list? The nut was ranked as the number one mm-hmm. in a couple of different sites uh, when Aileen told me this question. Goodfellas. Oh, uh, that yeah. think about oh. roll that in your mind a little bit is overrated. I thought that was really interesting when I read that. I have I have one that just popped into my head. Yeah, go ahead. What uh, is but, it? Uh, as far as like, I don't know that a lot of people love this. I've heard a lot of people like it. 
and it made a absolute ton of money as Avatar. Oh yeah, dude, absolutely. We, I, you know what? I want to rewatch that movie because I watched it one time. I, I, I kind of mm-hmm. kicked myself because I didn't see it in the theater, um, and I rented it shortly after it came out, mm-hmm. and I didn't get it, and I still don't get how this is the all time big bestseller like i feel like maybe we need to do it and revisit it and actually look know, at it that would mean that uh you know uh uh cameron has two movies no i i i know and, and i and but is, maybe is i he, didn't appreciate he, uh, it for what yeah. it was I, I i don't know i but that i thought of that one as well and i and i've always thought that maybe that is i consider that to be a blockbuster type movie do you know what i mean like to me yeah, overrated films tend to be like ones that people consider to be these masterpieces of film right and again my two i don't think are bad films at all i would recommend both films to be viewed by people mm-hmm. i just don't know if i hold them in regard to what other people do that's my only point with that. Uh, so that's question of the week. Thank you to Aileen. I thought it was a fantastic. By the way, that is the most you will ever get from Aileen on this show. Yeah, yeah. You will never see her on uh, as a co-host. <laughs> I, I will work on it. I, I don't think we will ever, ever see her uh, yeah, on the yeah. show. But we thank her for that. Uh, quick topic. Uh, I had a, a pop culture topic because this has kind of exploded up around me. Uh, we have a um, – subscription movie service up here and you and i were talking about this briefly uh-huh. uh, showcase cinemas which you've actually when you've come up and visits where we saw um bad times at the el royale and we also saw was it either the first or the second hunger games movie one time when you came up here yeah, yeah. i can't remember which one it was uh they are following suit with other uh, movie chains here and they're starting subscription services and my question is what is your feeling on this mainly in the sense that i'm kind of on the border here trying to decide do i want to become a part of this so let me explain what the deal is to you and you tell me what your thought is on this so right now showcase cinemas is offering and also i have an amc theater which is offering similar which is close to me a deal where for 19.95 a month i can see three films i can see any three films i want i can do advanced purchase for tickets i can see imax i can see 3d i can see anything for 19.95 a month um what is your thought on that? And as uh, no. people who like to watch movies, is that something that would interest you as a film goer? At 19 for no uh, – there's no restrictions? No, there's no restrictions. They're, they're ditching the whole issue with the other services which yeah, have been yeah, problems, yeah. which is the limiting of films and things like that. Yeah, I think um, I think that's definitely worth it if you can if you have the ability to get two three films a month, it's absolutely worth it. One IMAX film, I don't know in here at King of Prussia is eighteen bucks. Well, I think for me, I think IMAX right now is running close to seventeen dollars. Yeah. So, so I mean, you're basically saying you're almost paying for one one movie a month. If you go to one a month, you're okay. Yeah. I think it's a a really – and we've talked about this before, I think, a really intriguing concept, which is obviously they're banking on the fact that there's going to be some months where people don't go at all. So they make their money. And they're also banking on the fact – I'm very lucky. I live five minutes, as you saw, from Mm -hmm. the movie theater, which has an IMAX theater. So I can easily go see whatever I want to see in IMAX. Mm -hmm. But I guess I'm wavering in, in the sense that in my mind, I have to get my money's worth. 
So am I going to go see a movie every month? Like, you know, basketball season for me starts Monday. Do I want to, it's a, and I should add, it's a three month minimum. Okay. But I'm very interested. Yeah. Because again, as someone who loves going to IMAX movies, it's basically, if I see one movie, I'm okay. Okay. So I, I don't know. I think that's, I'd be interested for people to comment on that, on what they think. Um, I guess it depends how frequently you go to the movies, actually. Yeah. You know, uh, it, with young children, it's not easy. If, if I no. mean, can you imagine having this deal when we were in our 20s? It would have been a, we a no needed, We would have needed to find that money. Yeah, we would have had to find that money. We would have had to rob a bank for $18 or uh, $19 a month. Yeah, that would have been difficult. Um, or, or, I, I, I think this what this proves really is that films have turned into professional sports in terms of their money is not being made on the tickets anymore. Right. They're, they're banking on us going in there and buying candy and food. And in our case, as we saw when you came uh, to the theater recently, there's a fully stocked bar. Yeah. So they're making their money from there. So that I, I'm intrigued. I, I, I might hold off until after basketball season and then give it a shot. Yeah. Because I, I – well, first of all, I should add, uh, basketball season ends in February and March is Captain Marvel. So I, I'll, I'll probably see that three times yeah. in IMAX. So that will save me money and we got a bunch of other stuff coming up. Uh, OK, now this is pretty exciting. Uh, it's time to go to five questions. Yeah. And for the first time ever, it will be Jim asking the five questions My turn. to me. Yeah. I got the uh, uh, shape of water, broken egg timer. Masturbation that timer. That doesn't time anything, but it, we like to show it because I, I bought it. So I just want to show it. Claire broke it, but let's go. Uh, five questions. Here right. we go. I have an. I'll have an answer to everyone. I can tell you. Right. Number one, okay, who is the best Rocky villain? Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang, hands down. Mister T uh, is the best. Do you remember, by the way, when I uh, in college did internships for the National Cable Television Association? Yes, I remember. Came back I know with you. a club. I came back with a Mister. A couple of Mr. T Chia heads. Yes. And Joe Sabanko paid me $25 for a Mr. T Chia head, which in 2000 was, I mean, that was like two weeks worth of drinking yeah, money yeah. at the University of Scranton. I, I think he's the best. I think a lot of people would say Ivan Drago. I think Clever. By the way, just read an article before we came online uh, for, for the show. There are rumors that Creed 3, Clubber Lang will return. No, Clubber Lang, no and I, ho I hope to God no. But yeah, I think. What do you think, Clubber Lang? Uh, I don't know. Hot, I, hot I, lips, Hogan. Hot Hogan lips. is Thunderlips, isn't he? Thunderlips. Thunder hot Thunder lips. Yeah, is, no, you're right. No, no, no. You're right. Thunderlips. Thunderlips. You're right. Hot lips is mash. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Uh, question number two: Better Stallone, Rocky or Rambo? Uh, Rocky. Yeah, one hundred. I think by a month. First of all, can we discuss that? I think it's Rocky three. Rocky fucking fights with the Taliban. So Rocky is teaming up with Osama bin Laden uh, Rambo. in Rocky three. In Rambo, Rambo. Yeah. in Rambo three, he's teaming up with the Taliban. He's teaming up with the people responsible <laughs> for nine eleven. Yeah. So I think that immediately does. And also, have you seen the pictures of the new Rambo movie? 
No. He is a currently, uh, apparently in the new Rambo movie, he's living in a Texas ranch and he's going to take on the drug trafficking, uh, human trafficking drug cartels. Mm. I am out on Rambo. Though apparently, I, I will say First Blood was a pretty was a pretty good movie. I it's a great after, movie, actually. Yeah, I think after that, Rambo kind of falls apart, whereas okay. Rocky holds a little bit. Right. Uh, okay, question number three. What is your one-sentence Pale Reason reunion show review? Uh, Pale Reason was epic, and I've started a Kickstarter fund to produce Pale Reason, The Boy Who Lived, Get Pale Reason back in the studio. I hate you so much. To record this album. I can't tell you how hard it was for me to hold that line in for this entire hour. I've been waiting to use this for this entire. I can't even begin to tell you. I wanted to start with that. But I know. Uh, all right. No, I, no, but can I just say in all seriousness uh, that I hope we get some audio of this. And I don't mean this in that. First of all, Jim was the best part of the show. And that's not taking away from anybody. Jim was awesome. And everybody will there will tell you that. I went to probably 90% of the Pale Reason shows that have ever occurred. Is that probably a fair statement? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah If yeah, not yeah. more than that. Yeah. I was, after the, the amount of time you guys hadn't played, unbelievably impressed with how, how uh, good that performance was. Well, I thought you, it was, Brian. it was, uh, it was well, I was, it was amazing. And that's all I'll say about it. It was fantastic. But also if anybody wants to produce an album so we could get pale reason back in, I'm down with that. doesn't even have to be a Harry Potter concept album, though. This is pure gold. All right. And, and, right, uh, and question four and five, let's t- I'll tie these together. They're okay. both, they're both favorite questions. Yeah. Your favorite Thanksgiving dish and your favorite Thanksgiving movie? Uh, I'll do the movie first because this, I, there's only one that really came to mind. There's not a a, uh, a wide uh, amount of Thanksgiving movies. Uh, my favorite Thanksgiving movie is Plane, Trains, and Automobiles yeah. with yeah, Steve yeah, Martin and yeah, John yeah. Candy. That's a good um, one. Uh, mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, favorite side dish uh, is stuffing. I don't even think it's mm-hmm. close. I only eat it once a year uh-huh. since I've become a little bit healthier. Uh, but it ties into the idea that my favorite meal of the entire year is the post Thanksgiving Day open face turkey sandwich, uh, which I posted a, a picture of on social media today. There is nothing better than that. And I was lucky <laughs> enough to have a little bit of extra turkey, a little bit of extra stuffing, a little bit of mashed potatoes to have two days worth of it this year. Good work, Brian. That's fantastic. Uh, oh, those are great. Uh, five yeah. questions there. Uh, recommendations. What do you have for recommendations? Town Branch. Good bourbon. It is. Uh, um, yeah. If you want to if you want to get into sipping something neat. Don't want to burn your taste buds out too much. This is this is very good. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have a couple of recommendations. First of all, the IPA from Yards, uh, amazing. See uh, Black Panther, and at some point we'll do Black Panther on the show. Mm-hmm. Talking about Ryan Coogler films, uh, amazing. Uh, special bonus recommendation here. Uh, this comes from Claire Costello. Uh, watch Christmas Chronicles. Just oh. dropped on Netflix, Kurt Russell. Oh, is that Santa- the one? Yeah. Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. She watched it today uh, and highly recommended it. All right. So uh, I would do that. Uh, also, one other recommendation, if you have not already, if you want wine, 
uh, check out uh, One Hope Wine, Katie DeSanto. It's uh, Small Business as, Saturday, right? Yeah, Small Business. That's right. Small Business Saturday tomorrow. I don't drink wine, but lots of people who do drink wine love One Hope Wine. And if I did drink wine, I would exclusively drink One Hope Wine from Katie DeSanto. Right. I think and just, wine could totally turn around your whole image. So you could go very sophisticated. It would, I'm, look never good on gonna, you. I'm never going to be look sophisticated. look good on you. And I'm you can start wearing tweed blazers with Ooh, I would with like to wear tweed. Yeah. I would like to wear tweed. Uh, just also one other shout out. Just today, earlier today, uh, my high school, Cornwall Central High School, won their first ever state football championship in the Carrier Dome at Syracuse. So congratulations okay. to them. Uh, I should add, when I was in high school, I think they won three games total. <laughs> That's probably because they had players like Jerry Gilligan on the roster. Yeah. At that well, time. Of course. Um, uh, of course. Um, yeah. So those are uh, recommendations. What are we doing next? Uh, next up, next week, a return to Hogwarts, a return of Katie DeSanto. We are going to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So uh, delve into that. Uh, quick plug for a couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to give you a couple of weeks ahead of time here. Our Christmas movie this year is uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, uh, which is Sorry. one of the all times great. I picked this up, by the way, because it's not currently streaming. If you are looking, it is on sale for five dollars at Target right now. Purchased it today. Uh, love everybody to uh, pick that up. Listen to that and uh, and enjoy. Quick plugs. What do we have? Uh, anything? No. Follow. If you're watching this on Facebook, you've already you know. found us. But if you're not, uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, whatever, come check us out on Facebook at Com Majors. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Majors Com. Follow Brian at B Costello Books. Uh, follow me at Soldier on TV. Um, and yeah, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please give us a like, uh, uh, a rate. It'd be great. Five star rating would be great. Even a zero would be great. Whatever. Just a rate. Just a rate. We had yeah, a few people say, do that this yeah. week. So uh, yeah, thank you for that. Um, uh, and then, like I said, next week we'll be back and it's a return to Hogwarts. So we'll see you on social media until then and have a great week. Yeah. Adios, everybody. See ya.